bro, we're recording. You better put that vibrate shit off, man. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Bro, come closer. What's up? Ooh. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Let's make love tonight. Oh. Set up, set up, set up, set up. Cause you do it right. Oh, oh. yeah, it's right there, baby. Right there, man. <laughs> shit, bitch, oh. we're recording, man. What's oh, up? Oh, my God. Finally on the podcast. Finally, man. Bro, thank you. Thank you for all your time. I know you're a bit like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Oh, that guy's a bit weird. Oh, I'm in his house. I can't get out. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know what to think, and I thought maybe it wasn't going to be safe. But I still don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> but you're fine, bro. Yeah, Nothing's going to happen. Good, yeah. Bro, like what, what was... um. What was holding you back? Why, why didn't you want to jump in, jump in on something like this? Um, I don't think it was that I didn't want to jump in. I was just didn't know what I could bring conversation-wise, whether or not it would be interesting enough to put on a podcast. Really? Yeah. But you and I talk all the time, bro. I know. Yeah. I've it's different because I don't have this yeah. fluffy... Dick shaped thing in front of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> this chode in front of me. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating. So, but uh, no, I'm glad I'm here. Um, drinking the, uh, how do you say Ooh. this again? By Lima. Ooh, Ooh, beautiful. It's almost as if you're trying to pronounce that like in your Spanish accent, bro. By Lima. Yeah. Can you say by Lima in Spanish, bro? Yeah. By Lima. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, bro, no, but like, you know, everyone that I ask, man, like, mm. come on, let's just talk some shit. Mm. They think, they all they all think the same thing, like, oh, I'm not interesting, I've got nothing. To... But yeah. it's not about that, man. But you, like, you think about how many podcasts are out there and how many people that are doing this, mm. there's so much shit out there. So much shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm here. Thanks, bro. It's a cool little setup you got going on. Thanks, man, what do you think, bro? Yeah, it's um, pretty it's neat. Pretty neat, eh? Yeah. What were we just vibing to? Like, this is DJ Easy Dick. <laughs> yes, guess who? This is DJ Easy Dick. Yeah, motherfucker. Who slapped that fat ass with his fat dick? Mmm, sweet Jesus. Get your fat ass back um, here. Mm. <laughs> Bro, for uh, people that don't know, that's that character from... um. Family guy. Uh, family guy. The family guy. That Herbert old creep. The pervert, yeah. Herbert the pervert. Herbert the pervert. Yeah. You do that so well, man. Mm. So well, all the time. Mm. The videos you see me on Instagram. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit, yeah. bro. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know how they get away with what they get away with, but they yeah. do it well. It's pretty fucking bad, some of the stuff they do, eh? Yeah. That's... Like the race stuff, the China. Yeah, uh, the um, sexist... Mm. Stuff Bullying Meg All oh, the time that, Like bullying the daughter Meg Is pretty yeah. bad eh? Yeah But she deserves it Because she's Meg <laughs> <laughs> Like they always try And like um, They refer to her As being a boy And shit like that eh? Oh yeah It's bad man Yeah Did you see the episode Where they said Oh How do we get Brian the dog back to the vet. We've got to make him sick again. And then the brother just lifts Meg's shirt up oh. <laughs> and the dog spews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, oh. that's what happens to people when they see me. Nah, oh. just kidding. Nah. nah, that's what people do when I lift my shirt up now. Bro. Spew. Yeah, spew. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm getting better though I'm, yeah. I'm working out and shit So it's all good uh, I haven't been pretty lazy I think In that area of My life Yeah But I've been pretty busy With oh. other things that are That are taking up more of my time And <clears throat> It's just uh, A lot more has been on my mind And it's been a bit hard to try and think about training But it's all good It's yeah. all for the better And it's there's nothing bad about it It's just been fully busy What's been going on bro? What can you, what can you talk about? Uh, anyway Let me see So I will probably Well I will be moving to the Northern Territory oh, Fuck up bro Soon Yeah So Northern Territory is like yeah. What place specifically? Darwin Oh Yeah Why do you want to go to the armpit of Australia? Man? Oh, well That's the left armpit Yeah because it's Fucking hot Yeah it's pretty much like Humidity. Living on the sun With um <laughs> With constant water dripping on it, so you've got that steam and humidity. So, oh. but you're yeah. born there anyway. You're from there, right? I grew up there. I was born in Sydney, but yep. um, uh, it's probably been twenty years since I lived in Darwin. Yeah. So I left Darwin when I was twenty-one, twenty-two. And did you come straight to Perth from there? Nah, Sydney. Why Sydney. did you leave? Just wanted to get out. And why did you end up coming here? Wait, hold on, hold on. Why did you go to Sydney first? Uh, to <clears throat> to get to know my cousins and my relatives and family over that side since I've always lived in Darwin, so I never got to grow up with my cousins or yeah. got to know my aunties and uncles or see my grandparents. So I decided, well, that's where I wanted to go, so I wanted to do that, and I was there for 10 years. I did numerous jobs. Um Worked as a PT, worked in retail, worked as a you know recruitment. Um, then moved here in 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. did loads of different jobs here, and worked in mining, um, sales, and now work in banking. For yeah, you were in security for a little bit as well. Worked you? security guard at the bank I work for. Why did you? Um, what brought you here to Perth from Sydney? Uh, running from the law, so um, uh, no, nah, um, <laughs> that's a joke for any uh, federales that might be listening. Bro, like I think there's only two people listening to this, and they're what, in this room. That's right what they now. want you to think. Yeah, do you reckon? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what why I, I wear aluminium underneath this hat. Ah, but that's what I want you to think as well, because you think it's just me and you. But I've got secret cameras around here And it's streaming to a, mm. a secret place Where you know you got a are. seat cam right now Looking at pretty my crutch much, Pretty much I felt the zoom in yeah. But it needed to zoom out Oh, oh. It's a pretty, pretty small camera though You know what I'm saying It's only two megapixels you know? oh. The one on my seat It like got everything 58. in the picture <laughs> <laughs> Shit Nah I didn't Um <laughs> Shit. Shit. Nah, um, I moved to Perth because uh, it was the right. right. Ju- just so you can move the mic towards you. Yeah, I moved, I moved to Perth. Um, I guess it was the right time. I was made redundant from my role. And what, my, uh, in Sydney, what were, you, what were you doing before you came? I was in recruitment, oh. IT recruitment. So I was made redundant. 
and um, I was house sitting my auntie's house at the time, and then they decided that they wanted to rent it out because they were moving overseas uh, for work. <coughs> um, so it was kind of had no house or no accommodation and no job to try and find both at the same time was pretty hard. So I was either moved back to Darwin or moved to Perth where my sister was living at the time. So I decided to bite the bullet and move to Perth, which I thought was going to be challenging to say the least, but it ended up being probably one of the best decisions I've made. And I thought living with my sister was going to be pretty tough, but it was actually ended up bringing us closer together. So, Oh, shout out to Domi. Shout out to Domi. Yeah. Yeah. My sister from another mister. <laughs> nah, just kidding. She's my blood sister. She used to be. Nah, just kidding. She she um was originally a man. Eh? Yeah, 100%. She was your brother first, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, it was actually, uh, <laughs> her name was David. Um, <laughs> we, we better stop that joke because yeah, nah. people think like, fuck, was she a man? Nah, nah, <laughs> see, yeah, nah we're nah, joking, we're nah, joking. Nah, nah, just kidding. But seriously. Um, nah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Dom. Um no, so I lived with her um, when I first moved here and then she moved to the Gold Coast and then I had a few different housemates living with me at, um, over several, about three or four years. So, and yeah, now I'm, that's all come to an end. Mm-hmm. My my journey uh, in WA and I'll be moving back to the Territory for at least a couple of years, I think. Um. You're, I remember talking to you before, and you're you're doing security at the bank, eh? Yeah. Um, how did you get from that to what you what you got into now? Sorry, we we just just talk about what you what you do now. Obviously, you're leaving it to this yeah. now, but uh, it's pretty a high profile thing from what you were doing before, eh? Oh, so I work in in banking. Um, Wait, are you allowed to? Can you? Say yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work. I work. So I work in business banking. I started in. Um, so I started off as a security guard within the bank. Yeah. And um, probably two years within me working as a security guard, I started to well, <laughs> a year and a half, I believe. Um, started to network and, uh, you know, made some friends in the bank in different areas and was invited to social events and all sorts of things. And um, from there, I just started to network my way in, ask the question and what I needed to do to get into certain roles. Um, And then I started um, taking some annual leave days to spend time with different teams and sort of networked my way in and um, was then asked to apply for some certain roles and um, managed to get into business banking on the transactional side. So helping customers get uh, open business accounts and merchant facilities and True. all that sort of stuff with no banking experience. I started right at the start of COVID. Yeah. So. Um, Holy, so 2019. 2020, I think it was. Yeah, the first, the first yeah. wave. Yeah. So just before everyone had to work from home. Fuck. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, started my role. I was in the office for about a week. Yep. No one in my team was actually in the office. Yeah. They were all working from home. Um, spent a week in the office and then got sent home 
to work from home and learn my new role. So no banking experience. Uh, had to learn, do all my accreditations from working from home, learn my role working oh. from home. Um, had to watch people via you know, teams share their screen and show me how they click on things, but with no other real training than that. And then yeah, I was there for about 18 months in that role. And then I applied for another role in back office, so um, a small business maintenance team, so uh, assisting business customers with uh, discharging the mortgages and um, uh, bank guarantee cancellations and rate reviews on their um, on their home loans if it's under a business. So from yeah, when you said bank, bro, that shit like money and stuff scares me. Yeah. That's why my wife does it all for me. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be surprised how many people actually don't know what's going on with their accounts, though. Really? Oh, yeah. Do you get, like, that every day? It just uh, surprises me how much people don't actually know about what's going on in their with their money. Yeah. So, wow, there's one of them sitting right in front of you, bro. <laughs> like, fuckers. Um, yeah, man, money scares me, man. Like, seeing how much I get paid, like, seeing money come into my account mm. and then knowing what I need to put to pay things off and mm. I'm always worried about not having enough and mm. if I if I pay all these things off, will I have enough money to buy food for? You know, like, those things, I, I think about the fear of not having enough money to buy, buy necessities for my family. Yeah, I think when you don't, when you, have, when you have jobs where you don't have a lot of money mm. coming in, you can actually make things work mm. for you. <clears throat> I, f- I feel from my experience is yeah. when I was uh, working as a personal trainer, it was very tough. Um, yeah. There'd be months where I'd be living on rice and tuna and then there'll be months where I'll be living on champagne and caviar, but the rice and tuna outweighed the champagne and caviar. Yeah, But then you kind of... You just learn to survive of what you with what you have, mm. but then when you have more money, you end up spending more money. Yeah. So then it's harder to try and find the right balance of maybe trying to, when you do have the money coming in, maybe try and live like you don't have money. Mm. Mm. Because I find now I spend more money. Yeah. With a higher income than what I did when. I was working as a PT or even as a security guard when the money's not that great. Were you happier? Sorry, two questions. The first one, so I'll, I'll mm. do the first one. Do you come across a lot of people that, so obviously people that don't know what's happened with their money and people like me that are scared and they come back to you and go, oh, and they've been emptied, like they got nothing and they come back to you and go, oh, I need help with getting more because I, I don't know what's happened. Yeah, so the role that I have doesn't really, we don't really... We sometimes do come across vulnerable customers, I guess you can say, but that have been um, uh, scammed, I guess, or or the. Do you get a lot of that? Like not, scam people? Not really, not to us, because we have there's a different area in the bank that looks after that. But just having a lot of people that, when you talk to them, sometimes they don't even know what they've got yeah. holding as uh, you know how many accounts they have. They don't even know what accounts they have. Bro, that's me, man. 
I don't know fucking anything. Yeah, they don't know what accounts they have at all. Or they don't know. I think that's why you two get along so well. Like you know, you could. I think you two could talk about like accounts and money and stuff like that. Who? Uh, you and my wife. Oh yeah. But like uh, uh, when, when that stuff comes up, I'm like, oh, this is so fucking. Boring. Oh, look, it does. It is that, yeah. and I'm scared of money. That's why I'm away from. I yeah, detach myself from it. You know. Oh, there's a lot of people out there like that. Like that. I guess. Um, I'm scared to spend it. That's what it is for me. I think you, you got to think about it in this way too. Like, obviously, I guess it's different when you got children, and you got <coughs> kids, and you want to. You know, yeah. your money doesn't just go to you. It goes, you know, puts, yeah. you know, food on the table and clothes on their back and a roof over the house. But when it's just you, I don't think sometimes you can. Um, Worry so much about if you like, especially if you're working, you got a full time job, you got money coming in all the time. Mm. You can't always worry too much about spending money. I think because at the end of the day, when you die, you get doesn't go anywhere. Mm. You could say the same about someone that's got like twenty billion dollars there. Well, that's it. We all we'll go. We all go in the same place with nothing. But you look at those people that with there's a lot of money like that and. Some of them are so tight with their money, mm. which is why they have a lot of money. Mm. Is that why you're really tight with your millions? Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> the way the way you built like took that deep breath and went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know. It's interesting, like, but it's right. Like you're right, though. Like, um, I've been much happier. Mm. Um, broke. Not, not. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one of the best times in my life, bro, was when we just had kids. Mm. Um, and I was so we had a we were renting a place back in Auckland. Um, my wife was pregnant with. Uh, my daughter at the time And she had just had my son mm. um, It was just me working We were paying for a rental We had just We just had bought a car I don't know how the fuck we did that mm. But like I said She was managing our money Dude I was on like tw- Probably like $12 an hour I think Back then In NZ Yeah in NZ And the rental was like maybe 350 a week mm. Payments on the car Food for the kids Nappies All those things bro mm. How the fuck did we do that? But I was fucking happy. Yeah. Because I had everything. Yeah. I had them, you know. Um, I was just happy. I came home to them, you know. Yeah. But that's what, that's, happiness doesn't necessarily mean more money. Yeah, yeah, but. But, you know. You know, but that was probably one of the best times of my life, you know. I felt mm. like I had achieved so many things with these kids, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That time was really good. We were young, man. We were babies, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. We're at the home stretch now, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, 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 man. Yeah, fucking teenagers. They're good, bro. But um, my interactions with them are good because I always like whenever I talk to them, I always think about what kind of dickhead teenager was I, you know. Mm. And I always apply that to my conversations with them, so I, it makes me bet take a step back. Rather than mm. reacting to everything they fucking say, oh, that was wrong, or stop doing this, you know? They need to grow. I think that's key, though, for any sort of relationship with anyone is listening 
and not reacting. Yeah. Because a knee-jerk reaction is <clears> just a... It usually means that something's said to you that's affected you in some way, but it's it's like you just want to... when you If you think about it with boxing, you someone hits you and you hit them back, mm. that's a knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. rather than taking it in maybe even seeing where they're coming from mm. and then understanding what they're saying and then, you know, acknowledging that and then you can come back and you can say, well, you know, this is what I think. Or mm. you don't always have to have that conversation. Sometimes it's necessary to be a bit tough, yeah. but I think sometimes with teenagers especially because I've known how I was as a teenager, you want someone to be able to, I guess, validate what you're saying. Mm. Because you feel as though, you know, people, what you're saying is, you know, valid and needs to be heard, Mm. I think. Hmm. Teenagers there, man. (laughs) We're not, bro. Motherfuckers. Yeah. (sighs) I had nothing to say back then, bro. Nothing of any value anyway. I had so much to say. I was always in trouble. (laughs) Really? What kind, of, what kind of dumb shit were you doing as a teenager, bro? Oh, I used to... Well, I was also... <laughs> so here we go. Nah, well, <laughs> I was taught from a young age to always stand up for myself and be assertive and not let anyone walk all over you. So from a young age, I was always, I guess, getting in trouble with the teachers if I thought that I was being, you know, mistreated or or spoken to poorly or whatever it was or uh, walk all over, I would let them know about it and it got me in trouble, but it also didn't get me in trouble at mm. the same time because I had a valid point yeah. for what I was saying. So, and even to this day, even in jobs that I've had, um, if I feel as though that someone's been unfair or, or um, whether it's a manager, I'm not really afraid. I'm not afraid of any speaking up if if I think I'm being treated poorly. Um, but <clears> I will. Um, I'll I'll speak speak my mind. I guess not in a bad or a rude way, but yeah. in a, in an assertive way, or challenge what they're saying, which mm. they don't usually like because you know some people in those higher positions like to assert their dominance and don't like people to challenge them when. Um, when they're speaking to the, that person about things that they think are relevant but might not actually be relevant. So yeah. it's got me in trouble a few times, got me <laughs> in some heated discussions with uh, managers of mine, yeah. um, even teachers. Uh, but I blame my parents for that, but it's also been a good it's thing. A, but it's a good thing, bro. Yeah. I think it's a good thing because I come from the opposite. Mm. Like, you know, in our culture, I don't know how many islanders you've been, you spent time with, but usually we, um, we're told to not, not speak, mm. you know, uh, especially if it's someone o- older telling you something, like if yeah. they're telling you something to do, mm. our culture is like, listen to your elders, shut up, don't say anything, you know, mm. respect. Yeah. And they're really hard on that, you know, and, mm. um, and they teach, like, you know, at, at a young age, the, you know, the... We used to sit on the floor, bro, when our parents sit on the couches and shit, you know? Like, um, yeah. when they talk to us, we're sitting on the floor. So, automatically, like, there's that hierarchy, you know? And they, mm. it's like they're forcing that on you. So, get used to it. This mm. is what life is like. 
mm. you know that kind of thing yeah like they they know no better it's just the way they were taught you know and then they put that on us so when i'm in the work like i struggled with this years ago man um I was like in a middle supervisor role like years ago and I struggled like dealing with my manager and shit like that just because of these boundaries, you know? Mm. Yeah, I've gotten over, over them now and I can speak a bit more. Not Probably not as good as you. I don't I don't like tell people to fuck up. Maybe as probably you would, maybe? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know how you... Ta- yeah. Like, um, no, no, not like fuck up in those words, but... Yeah. Hey, um, I think that was that was wrong. What you said. Uh, I think you should back off a bit because I have, you know, that like that dialogue doesn't ex- it never used to exist in my mind. Yeah, I, I think it's you about know what being. I'm, yeah, you know what I'm getting that in. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, and mm. I think to be honest, um, <clears throat> there's, I think it takes a lot of courage to be able to speak to someone like that. Yeah. It does, bro. Like with it, without without being rude to them, just being assertive and just making them, and he, and even doing it without raising your voice or being rude or like even the way you're talking now, mm. I'm pretty sure I've heard you be assertive, but in this tone, oh, like this, like you know, yeah. like there's no aggression, nothing, no malice behind your. No. You know what I mean? Eh? Mm. Like the tone's just monotone. Yeah. It's we're talking like this and this is all it's going to be. And yeah. You know? Yeah. But in my mind, uh, like I, I picture, um, like let's say we're, I'm getting uh, told off for something I didn't do. Yeah. Um, and in my mind, it's war, you know? Yeah. But I can't say anything. Yeah. And then I go home and it festers in my mind and yeah. I look in the mirror and go through the, you know, I, I pretend mm. that I'm talking to this guy in the yeah. mirror and shit like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, just to try to build myself up, and then I build all this anxiety that I would go back to work with on Monday, like, yeah. and explode, you know. But fuck, this is what I used to be like, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my wife's like, ah, oh, you're still kind of like that, you idiot. But you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. To be like you is like, oh fuck, I wish I could do that more. Mm. Is what I'm trying to say. Long story short, building assertiveness is. I don't know how to explain it. Um it's just, exp- I don't know. I guess it's it's like um, <clears throat> expressing yourself in a way where you're getting your point across without beating around the bush. So you're telling them what you're, what you think of them, or what they, how they've spoken <clears throat> to you is incorrect. Yeah, but you can tell them that. With the, either with the tone of your voice or with just direct eye contact, <coughs> you know, hmm. and um, you can do that in uh, without being aggressive. Yeah, and it gets the point across a lot clearer. But I think it also, if you stay calm, yeah, they'll be calm because if you raise your level, yeah, they're going to match it. Yeah, so if you can continue to stay calm. Yes, some people might get aggravated, mm. but that's because they don't know what else to say. Mm. They don't know how to react to someone who's been so calm but firm and direct. Yeah. So I, I believe that, you know, for people that who react by raising their voice and becoming aggressive, they actually don't really know how to react. Mm. in the best possible way I think that's just like they're either 
feeling. So this is the like reaction. It's like, oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. Need you. Boom. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. This yeah. is I'm going to fucking react But they don't to know how to react to someone yeah, that's speaking yeah, yeah. so calm, so it just throws them a bit. You know, man, I've I've thought about this a lot, eh? Mm. I could tell. <laughs> it's been eating you up. <laughs> nah, like, I always just think about it, because i got a lot of, a lot of mm. long drives, and I just think about shit, you know, while I'm driving. Mm. Um, but more specifically is, you know, these interactions you have with people in the office, right? Mm. I always think about what happens if you have this... Like, have you ever had a discussion like this with someone, right? And it's over something so fucking stupid, but you guys don't realise it at the time. This happens all the time, right? Mm. Maybe a couple of days later, you're like, oh, fuck, I better say sorry to this dick. Man, we f- we're arguing over fucking nothing. Example, all right? Mm. Example. Jerry didn't, put stap- didn't refill the stapler. You went to use the stapler. It was empty. Motherfucker. Mm. Jerry, why didn't you fill the stapler? I, I don't think it was my duty to refill the stapler. Is my job title say stapler filler? Uh, I thought it was just common sense, Jerry. Common sense, is it? You know, and then just mm. like boom, 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 back and forth like about this dumb fucking stapler. But that usually stems from something deeper than just a stapler, though, <laughs> because that that's got to be a frustration that's either happened that. Either within the workplace yeah. with that person on many other interactions, or but it's something that's happened in the home, yeah. and away from that, and mm. it's just like they've brought that. Um, yeah, they're, pre- they're using the stapler un- as a projection of what's happening. Uneasiness and their frustration, and mm. they're letting that all out. To be honest, sometimes you just got to pick your battles, mm. and you know. But be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I, th- uh, I I honestly think that sometimes you just need to think about what do you need to say something about it? Mm. Do you really need to react to it? Is it gonna? How is it really affecting you? Has it gonna really hurt? Is it gonna? It, it has what they said hurt you in any way, mm. or is it something that's just a flippant comment that they've um, you know yeah. made and. You know, it, yeah, it's, it doesn't. It's not necessarily nice, but it takes more energy to to react to something than it mm. does to walk away from something. To even bring it up as well, eh? Yeah. Mm. But man, I think sometimes you just got to take that deep <laughs> breath and just chill and just walk away and just go. You know what? Some people, that's their problem. Yeah. True. Not mine. But some people love to walk amongst the flowers. Yeah. And just you know. Mm. Love to be among them. Mm. Some people want to pick those motherfuckers and burn the field. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Some people just want to see that staple and go, I think today's the day I'm going to fuck with this dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have those days. And yeah. I think um, <laughs> having that self awareness and, and, uh, and being able to understand yourself mm. and how you feel and what makes you tick or what you're feeling that day. You know, if you can understand that, you can, you know how to defuse the situation before it explodes into something that you can't control or take back. Because once you go down that, down that hill, you know, like that snowball, that little snowball or that little ripple in the water is just going to expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think it's, you just got to choose your battles. Destruction, mirror. But I think yeah. about that all the time. Some people just like to pick at 
things that don't even matter because their life at home sucks mm. or, you know. Mm. But sometimes it's good. Unfortunately, I, I deal with a lot of that at work. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's good, I think, to to, to let it out too mm. and to tell someone that you're frustrated with them or, yeah. uh, or just like you don't agree with them or what they're doing is call them out. I think sometimes if you can call someone out and um, – on their behaviour or, or or what have you, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's something that they might not know that they're doing. Mm. So it might be like, hey, do you realise that what you said was was in poor taste or whatever it was, yeah. or your yeah. your behaviour has been, you know, making it hard for me or mm. making it hard for that person, or even where like, hey, um. I take your point. It's valid, right? Mm. But uh, are you okay, man? Is um, things mm. all right? Yeah. Because, you know, they could be going through some bullshit and, you know. Yeah. I, I think always acknowledging someone's point is key. Yeah. Because it means you've listened. Yeah. And then you can just go, look, okay, I understand what you're saying. However, I don't agree on this point or this, this, and this. Mm. I get it, but I don't understand. I don't agree with it. We don't need to go to war. No. We can just disagree. But you're validating what they've said. Yeah. You've told them that you've listened. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need to do. Mm. And then you can walk out of that room like disagreeing with something but without having that that um, heated exchange. You're happy that you didn't go to war or have this blown out like explosion mm. of words and he's probably happy. It's like <sighs> someone listened. But the negative energy is just like something that sticks around for such a long time. Mm. If you can avoid that, I think it's like you're, you're best off avoiding that conflict. Even in like personal situations, even when you're arguing, say, with friends or loved ones or having that discussion, like it's always easy to fly off the handle and scream at each other and have a go. Mm. But you're always going to say something to it. One the one thing you don't want to do is say something that you're going to regret. Yeah, just for the hell of saying it, just to get back at them. You know, when you say like, not you, mm. I'm not. When when people say things like that, to you know, to hurt someone, eh? That's oh. when that's when they they uh, mm. that's when they've stopped giving a fuck, eh? That's when it's like, fuck this. I think so. Like, I I'm think, gonna blow this shit up. I think it's easy though. It's just easier. Yeah, like it's it. easy to to fly. Off the, it's easy to point blame. Um, to get into a heated exchange yeah. without being logical about things, right? So, I guess my um, I think with some of the experience that I've had in the past with. Um, having arguments is usually some of the time, I wouldn't say all the yeah. time, but some of the time it involves being somewhat or a little bit intoxicated with, you know, some alcohol involved. <laughs> I believe, um, I believe that that's one of the worst times mm. to engage in some sort of verbal exchange with someone because are you talking about you being intoxicated and the person someone else vice versa it doesn't matter like either way two, so you're talking about two people one person's intoxicated one's mm. not does both, both yeah. intoxicated does, it doesn't matter who is and who isn't like whether or not both situations just shitty 
it's it's yeah. well yeah because um <laughs> so, so i'm not laughing yeah at you. i'm just laughing about can you imagine right yeah if um my example earlier about the stapler with this dude named jerry yeah you're both drunk and talking about the stapler we're at a bar Oi, Dick, do you remember you didn't fucking fill the staple up? And he's like, not my fucking job, Dick, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, boom. It just reinforces what you're just saying. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the, the thing is, the hardest thing to do in those situations, especially when you, you've you had a you're, you're a little bit lubricated, is is to be able to take that moment to stop and go, if this is really important to talk about, Let's do it in the morning mm. when we've both got a clear head. Yeah. Because the one thing you don't want to do is to say something you're going to regret. Mm. That's, the, that's the key. Because in those situations when everything gets heated, the hardest thing to do is to stay calm and focused and level-headed. Yep. It's easy mm. to fly off the handle and to to end up getting into a screaming or a slanging match and just start slagging each other off and and going nowhere and bringing up things in the past which are irrelevant but you know oh. it's just ammunition that you're just finding whatever you can in the kitchen to throw but it's yeah. all like it's all things that have happened in the past mm -hmm. just to try and hurt them that are totally irrelevant to what the conversation is about you're going for that low hanging fruit you just so, want to hurt somebody yeah you're just yeah. picking rocks up and chucking them so i've done that before bro. but it doesn't get you anywhere mm -hmm. and the thing is that it it's irrelevant a lot of it's not even valid just like but it's why like are you bringing that up? it was like 10 years ago bro. exactly you yeah. remember that day you left the toilet seat up <laughs> and i had to put it down you filthy fucking pig. Yeah. And you left like like pee stains and shit on the toilet. Wait, pee stains and shit stains or just pee stains and shit? Well, pee, it's a toilet. Oh, yeah. It can be both. Oh, yeah. So are you arguing with me or? Are you having a go? Do you want something, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, put the staples in the staple okay, account? What I think we should do is if it's really that important, we should talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've had a had a bit to drink. Can we? Um, we haven't even finished our first beer, oh, and I wow. am feeling this is not bad, eh? Yeah, bro, you went on this like this is rabbit like, hole, but it's good though, like mm. right, you know. Mm. Can I can I talk about one of the best jobs I've done? Of course you can. Yeah, wait, wait, just before you start, yeah, you know we can talk about fucking whatever. Eh? Mm. I know. So then ask. Yeah. Just start talking. Okay. I'll shut so up and I'll listen. This is off uh, off um, track a bit, like a little bit of a segue to yeah. probably one of the most interesting jobs I've ever done, yes. which was working in mm. a hospital. Ooh. Working in um, theatre as an operations assistant. Um. I did that for about four years, I believe. And you, wait, are you are you serious? Eh? Mm. You were an operations assistant. Yeah, so they well, some people call them orderlies, but the orderly would be more someone that would just normally just grab a patient from the ward and and take him to another location in the hospital where he was uh, as an operations assistant. Um, our role was to. So you were there with like a doctor and shit while he was cutting people open, kind of thing. Well, well, I wasn't handing them the the um, scalpel, scalpel or anything like that. The nurses do that. Mm. 
but I was um, assisting putting the right tables in for the right operations. I was um, assisting with prepping patients. I was uh, running to get bloods mm-hmm. um, in sort of emergency situations. So you kind of need to be switched on and, and uh, know who to go to to get things. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it was probably the most. Um, satisfying role i've done is working in the hospital working in well, that role can i ask mm. why was that the most in- why was that the most interesting job why did you feel that you needed to bring that up because it was dynamic it yeah. was different every single day mm. and you got to i guess you got to meet different people every single day mm. some of them were obviously nicer than others yeah but you're also dealing with people that are in vulnerable situations and mm. uh, it's, you know, uh, people uh, that are sick and that, yeah. Sorry, do you, um, are these people that are potentially on their last leg kind of thing? Or? Uh, just people, anyone, really. We've had to deal with people that have had... Um, Four years. Yeah, like <sighs> people that have, um, you know, like families that have come to... Um, say goodbye to loved ones, and then they've you know the person's in the theater and they've they're a donor, so then they basically say goodbye to their loved one, and then they take all their organs that they've donated to. So that's tough. Um, that's rough, man. Yeah, you don't get to see them so like you will because like they bring them in and you can you will see them walk away and stuff like that. But um, also just helping helping the surgeons, uh, the anaesthetists, um, helping the nurses. Mm. Got to see so many things and understand how vulnerable we all are when it comes to our health and, um, yeah. Did you do that in Perth? Uh, That was in Sydney. Yeah, so that was... um, Did did you ever meet anyone, right, Um, that went in for theatre, like operation? didn't come out i never met anyone that oh like did you have a good like did you start to build rapport relationship mm. kind of thing and hey da, 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 and then like to only to find out that fuck they didn't make it or you know what i mean mm, uh, look you get to you get to see some of the patients um on some of the wards in some of the intensive care units um you know i've seen a couple of uh People pass away on the table, like not that I knew, but um, there was a couple of uh, couple of nurses that uh, I knew that did pass away due to a couple of uh, things that had happened. Like one was um, one was getting out of her car at the time, and she was hit by a, a someone who was getting like running away from the cops, mm. and she was cleaned up. Um, by that car that was trying to run away. Um, yeah, but I've seen some pretty hectic things. Um, Dude, can I just bring the mic? Like, yeah. Thanks, bro. Is that better? That's better. <laughs> it's just because, like, you're side on like that. Side on. Sorry, yeah, my bad. Go. No, no, sorry. just move the mic to where you're sitting. Yeah, there you go. Beautiful. Sorry, bro. You were saying like, mm. about, um, so you weren't an order. You weren't an orderly. 
Well, operations this, assistant. Yeah, operations assistant. And, yeah. and you're talking about this chick that got cleaned up by a car. Yeah, yeah. She was a nurse um, that worked worked with us um, in emergency. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was just interesting. Got to deal with, got to interact with a lot of cu- um a lot of um, patience and and uh, you just you and you basically see a lot of things happen and you just realize how precious life is. Mm. So working in a hospital, I can guarantee you, I'll never ever get a motorbike. Really? Mm. You know, good friend of I think you know you've met him as well, Lee. Um, good friend, ah, uh, good friend of mine. Really got to love this guy, man. Mm. Have you met Clinton? Big Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. He tells me what not to do, bro, and I don't do that shit. Mm. You know what he does for a living, eh? He's the guy that... So The Rock had that movie called Earthquake, right, where he he was a paramedic on the helicopter, rapples down, saves your life in the middle of nowhere. Where oh, yeah, are. he's um the rescue helicopter yeah. dude, yeah. So The Rock made a movie about it. This guy's a real fucking real deal, son. Like, mm. um, And... Just some of the accidents he's seen, like he he couldn't talk about stuff, um, mm. the real real stuff that he's seen. But he's told me in the conversations about holy fuck. Yeah. So number one on the list right now, not to do things, not to do is jump on those e scooters. Apparently. Oh man, in Darwin, literally, they they I think there's they came they had some stats um, roll out about yeah. how many people have been. Um, Taken into hospital from drunken e-scooter accidents in oh. Darwin City, and you've seen footage of them, bro, like eating shit. <laughs> but what's even funnier, right, is mm. that um, he's dealt with sober, like, like I, I, I don't know what the status, but he said most of the people he's dealt with with the accidents from these e-scooter things, mm. sober, bro, yeah. Teenage kids, man. Oh yeah, cleaning up. There was there's yeah, a few like in Victoria with cleaning up some old duck that's walked out of a shop, and she just like all the like no helmet. Yeah, say goodbye to your eye socket. You know, people have mm. lifelong disabilities because of this, because they're being fucking idiots on mm. these e-scooters, bro. Yeah, Darwin. There's so many drunk people getting like eating shit. <laughs> Because and you see them everywhere. You got the e bikes, yeah, and the e scooters yeah. everywhere in Darwin, yeah, and Fuck. like in the city sort of area. Mm. And um, the the news showed footage of people eating shit yeah. like on scooters, like just drunk trying to go up like gutters and stuff, oh. and just like over the handlebars and. Head injuries, like pretty bad cuts and bruises, eating shit, like head hit, head hitting the ground. Yeah, but he said number one thing not to do: e scooter, e scooter, stay the fuck away from. He said, stay away from them unless you value your life and you're smart. So I'm like, hmm, I value my life, but I'm not that smart. Yeah, so, but it's so convenient. Yeah, it is, man. I want one. You know what, man? To tell the truth, I, I think I might get some for Christmas. Eh? <laughs> oh, because what's cooler, right? Then let me like what I I think a cool time, mm. a good time for me and my wife was us on the co- on the coast, just cruising along like these e scooters, fucking on the coast. Oh, did you do that? Nah, I just imagine that would be fucking cool. Mm. So I think I want to get us one. But there was one that went 
went past the cyclist and he reckons it was doing close to like 90 k's an hour or, or like, yeah ridiculous at speed yeah like you can get them jacked up that, that <laughs> go like super quick like i don't even think i feel comfortable going on a scooter that fast like Bruh. imagine the speed wobbles yeah like and then you like just go over a rock that's just that's just there you know mm. you go over that bump you're eat flying shit. man and you will eat all the shit, you know? Mm. What about those one wheel things that people... Oh, the one wheel? So yeah. Are we, like, yeah. You got this like, fucking fat wheel. And yeah, like you should be on the foot. movie Tron or something like that. Oh, bro. I know they someone, look wicked. I know someone that used to have one and it looked pretty fucking cool. Yeah. He was a bit of a douchebag though. What was that? Do you need to go pee? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, we'll be right back, bro. Yeah. Yeah, give us a sec. Hold on. <laughs> 